Welcome to the Real Estate Trainer Podcast with your host, Brian Eisenhower. This podcast is brought to you by Eisenhower Coaching and Consulting. ICC provides customized and structured coaching and training programs for real estate agents and team leaders, representing many of the top producing agents in North America. ICC also offers broker and owner consulting on agents recruiting, training, and retention. For more info, visit EisenhowerCoaching.com or find us on Facebook. And understand the difference between scarcity mindset and abundant mindset is not God-given. It's learned. We all fall into scarcity mindsets. We all fall into victim mode, myself included. Everyone does. The difference is how quickly does the top producer pull themselves out of it and purposefully change their own thinking? And so people always ask me, you know, people will say, you know, how do I think like a top producer? What makes them different? Why are they able to do that? And they'll come up with a lot of excuses because they come from a scarcity-based mindset. They'll say, well, that's because they have this, or that's because they do this, or that's because they're already established. And that's because of a whole bunch of reasons to differentiate themselves from a top producer, to say why they're different and they're not that top producer. It could never be that they're lazy. It could never be that they're not doing their part. It could never be that they're too fear-based. It could never be that they're too comfortable and they don't want to get uncomfortable. It could never be anything like that. It has to be some sort of difference. And that's called a scarcity mindset. A scarcity mindset is when you look to actually differentiate yourself from a successful person (laughs) to, to justify why you can't be successful. I mean, you talk about being your own worst enemy. It's amazing. So, and so people will ask me, I, I think many of you know that, you know, we coach many of the highest producing agents, teams, broker owners across North America. I mean, these guys are ranked, these guys are, you know, millionaires a, a bunch of times over and, and they're highly successful people. And, and yes, you know, when the market, you know, goes up and down, you know, their production is not affected by the real estate market. And the difference is, is because they, they are, they have the mental discipline to continue to do things to get more business. They take control of their destiny and do business by design, not by default. Okay. And that comes from the opposite of a scarcity mindset. They have a mindset of abundance. In other words, hey, if it's going to be, it's up to me. I'm going to go do it. I'm, I'm going to go for a cliche record today. So business, here's a, another one. You know, business by design, not by default. In other words, hey, the market went down. So by default, my business goes down. So I'm going to take what's handed to me by default. What does the universe just give me? What does the market give me? I'm just going to roll with it. Whatever happens, it's just going to happen. It's not up to me at all. If things are down, they're just down. Business by design is I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to do it. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to increase production, whether hell, high water, market, you name it, nothing's going to get me down. I'm going to do my business the way I design it. And that's what they mean by a business by design versus a business by default. And I would sure hate to to have any type of business that is dictated by the up and down of the economy. I mean, you talk about a scary life. 
I'd be freaking out watching the news every single day if my business was totally dictated by what happened by external forces like that. If I couldn't pivot and shift and, and move in different directions to adjust to a market, something would be wrong with my business model. That's too risky of a model to me. It's too, too shaky. There's the, you know what I mean? It's not strong enough to survive. It's not something I want to give to my kids. It's not, you know, it's not something I want my family dependent on, if that makes sense. So we always want that business by design and to get that, like I said, it does not, you know, if we took it scarcity mindset versus abundant mindset, scarcity is like, Hey, it's all the excuses, right? So scarcity is usually dead. You know, too much scarcity will turn you into a victim. Okay. And victims I say are defined by three different things. Okay. Victims are people who complain, blame, and justify. They complain about the current situation, the hand they've been dealt. They blame other people, things, politicians, whatever, political parties. They blame inflation. They blame the president. They blame Republicans, Democrats, whatever. They blame their employees, they blame labor unions, they blame everything. It never could be their, their, their own doing. Or they justify, like I just gave you an example of. Well, the reason I can't do it is because of this. The reason they do it is because of this. They justify why they're not successful. My situation is different. Make sense? So they, they aren't solution oriented. They don't come from abundance at all. They get stuck. And if you stay in that, that place, you become what we call a career victim. I refer to them as career victims at least. So within my organization, a career victim is someone who just never can move at all. They're just polarized. They become scholars. They'll learn a lot of things, but they'll never do them themselves. And that's when I tell people to get coaches. That's why we're here, right? Because knowledge is not king. You can know a lot of stuff and learn a lot of stuff, but do you ever do anything with it? Does your situation ever change? Or are, are just things just keep happening? You're like a, a log floating down the river. Like you just hope it puts you in the right places. You know what I'm saying? Those are people, that means you need somebody to help you getting started and stay going and, and implementing and holding you accountable and keep pushing you through each obstacle and keep telling you when to fight, not when to. That's why we have a coaching company. Knowledge is one thing. You can listen to this all day long and get knowledge, but can you do anything with it? Because you'll agree to all this and completely forget about it and keep staying stuck. Uh, and you'll have lots of reasons for staying stuck. And those reasons usually are one of three things. You blaming, justifying, or complaining. One of those three, and that becomes a victim. You do that for too long, you become a career victim and you stay stuck forever. You'll always stay comfortable. You'll always have a reason not to get uncomfortable. And you won't even know it because trust me, people with a scarcity mindset have no idea they have one. They don't have a clue that they do. They could be the best people, the most God-fearing, the best parents, the best, you name it, the best friend. Everyone might love you, but you still might have a scarcity mindset. All it takes is for you to blame, complain, and justify for too long. And you've got it right? And that's what a victim does, right? So the opposite of that victim, the opposite of a scarcity mindset is an abundant mindset, right? And you're going to find that people that have abundant mindsets, people are very attracted to. 
There aren't many leaders that don't come from abundance. There aren't. They're just generally more positive people because they own stuff. They own everything and they implement, they do. They actually show results out there. You know what I mean? They're out there and you see them doing the activities that get the results. For, for, for people to do uncomfortable activities, to get them very comfortable, desirable results, it's visible, people see it. And they have to be keeping themselves positive purposefully and understand the difference between scarcity mindset and abundant mindset is not God given. It's learned. We all fall into scarcity mindsets. We all fall into victim mode, myself included. Everyone does. The difference is how quickly does the top producer pull themselves out of it and purposefully change their own thinking? Because people always ask me, what separates these top producers from the rest? And there's lots of little things. But the main thing is they know how to control their mindset. They know how to tell themselves, I know I can 20 times over, or just trust it, keep going, keep going. Success in an agent in real estate is not determined by intelligence. In fact, that's your worst enemy. I, I've seen that highly intelligent people have the hardest time because they, you know, this is crazy town and you're the mayor of it. And if you're real smart, that means you give a lot of credibility to your head and that's your worst enemy. I don't need you to think through anything in real estate. I need you to shut up, be stupid and do what the hell I say. If you're smart, you're going to think of different ways why you shouldn't have to do what I say. You're going to be very good at complaining, justifying, and blaming, especially justifying. Right in the middle. I almost used the wrong finger. Right in the middle. Makes sense? And that's what smarts does for you. But you'll often see the highest producing agents in MLS, they're not these brain surgeons. You're wondering how they can do it. They have better mindset control than the rest do. Mindset is very different than intelligence. Intelligence is someone who can also think their way out of doing the tough work. They can justify why they don't have to, why they shouldn't have to, why they're not comfortable with it. And if they can live with it, they believe they're wrong. I mean, is that really intelligence or is that unintelligent? I don't know. It's a good point. There is, there is a thing called useless knowledge. There is a thing called useless knowledge. And it's usually the people that are stuck that can't get themselves to do anything differently or uncomfortable. They stay there forever. They're students of the game but they're never players in the game. They're the ones that are self-aware enough that they need to implement and they can't do it alone. So they do get that coach. They do get that mentor. They do finally take that jump, whatever it is, right? Whatever. And I've seen that be such a big problem. That's why I have a coaching company, quite frankly, okay? So that's the first thing they gotta do is they gotta get humble because these are real smart people, right? And we got to go from a from scarcity to abundance. So the first thing you got to do in real estate, if you're asking me what makes a top producer, is they're coachable, they're humble. They learn from others and they realize, they become self-aware that if I start trying to add my little spin to things or my excuse to things or my justification for things, then that's just going to get me into trouble. They're humble to listen to what other people do, even though it's different than the way they think, even though it's not what they would naturally have an inclination to do. And they stop looking for that path that's going to be the right fit for them. And they just start doing what's uncomfortable, what they don't want to do. Hire a coach, leverage, hire an admin, start lead generating, time block, start tracking my numbers, start, you know, using systems, put my database together into my CRM, all that boring stuff. No one likes to do any of that. 
but they start finally being humble and doing what they've been told by successful people. So they have to be humble and they have to be coachable. The worst thing you can do, I mean, I, I, I have personally experienced meeting thousands of brand new agents. I mean, thousands, literally, in different real estate companies across the country that I've started or owned or managed or whatever I've done at different times in my very freaking long career. And I can tell they, yeah, no, I watched it. I mean, I know most of that. I was in insurance sales. Oh yeah, no, I got it. It's relationship-based business. I get it. I, I mean, I, I did watch that video or I did tell that, but I knew most of that. Those are the ones that fail every single time without measure. Well, I had a lot of that kind of sales training at Hobbs Herder. I did that way back in the day with Sandler real estate coaching or this type of sales coaching with this organization, or I sold Serbi. Those type of people, when they start saying they know it already, and I got it. I don't need any more knowledge and I don't need any, I'm, I'll, I'll be able to do that. I know the importance of that. Uh-huh. I just, I've, I mean, I've read this book a million times, almost no chance. The ones that succeed are the ones that are humble and they, and they are self-aware and they realize they can always learn more and they realize that they can't do it on their own. Cause if they do it on their own, they're going to, they're going to just seek comfort and never do anything uncomfortable. An abundant mindset is someone who's humble and open and learning based and is very coachable. They're very coachable. They learn, they don't know it all. They've got a long way to go. And quite frankly, I mean, if you're hearing this right now, I mean, you're pro I'm probably preaching to the choir because you're here. I mean, you know what I mean? So put you, you know, so pat yourself on the back. But if you're having a hard time doing what we're saying, well, maybe you got to go a little further because there's, there's definitely a few steps here to mastery, to success. Um, and I want to show those to you because that's what comes from that abundant mindset. It's a self-awareness that there is a process. And um, here is... There's a few models for that process and for those steps. And I've kind of merged and, you know, Frankenstein them together into, into the, the, the process I like. And I think you're going to like this. This is kind of a cool way to lay it out. So we call this, these five steps to mastery are kind of laid out here below in steps one, two, three, four, and five. And in, typically you start in level one. It's called unconscious incompetence. Okay, <laughs> talk about two negative statements together. Not only am I unco I'm unconsciously incompetent, <laughs> so I don't even know what I don't know yet. Okay, and that's, I mean, that's a tough one. Like, I don't even know what I don't know. And you have that all the time. Like if you talk to my, my eight-year-old about driving a car, like, because he's got all the Hot Wheels, you know, and he, he loves every car. And, and he, you know, he when he's sitting in the back seat, he wanted to sit in the front seat. And he's sitting in the front seat, now he wants to drive the car, you know, like he, you know, and he's got, he could drive anything. You know, he would drive, a, he wants to drive a semi truck. We drive by that. He wants to drive this. He wants to drive that. He is unconsciously incompetent about how difficult it is to drive a car. He doesn't even know how to read road signs yet. He doesn't know how to, you know what I mean? You know, so he doesn't even know how difficult it is. He just sees it and thinks he can do it. So he doesn't even know what he doesn't know yet. But he, but he's excited and he thinks he can do it. 
because he has some video game or he can move his matchbox cars around or, you know, or he's seen it on TV, you know? I have, by the way, just to let you know, I also have, I'm partially responsible for that because I'm probably that idiot parent that has only, only the only idiot parent that has let his eight-year-old watch Smokey and the Bandit already, not knowing the level of cuss words in that show. But I grew up with it, so, you know. And he loves, anytime there's a police officer on the road, he, he knows that's a Smokey. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah, and lots of customers. Yeah, there's a whole lot of a lot of problems with that. So anyway, so he's unconsciously incompetent, right? And we see that with new agents all the time, right? New agents, same deal. They get their license. I'm good at sales. I'm good with people. I can do that. Oh, CRM, no problem. I can get my SOI together. That's awesome. No problem. I'll do that. Once I have some time, I got to deal with this other stuff, right? And they never get their CRM together. They never even learn how to use it. They never get their database together. Oh, all I have to do is spend an hour a day lead generating five days a week? No problem, I got that. I'll just time block it, that's easy. I'll get to that too. I almost never do. Sounds super easy, right? Sounds super easy. Well, I gotta go to the Realtor Golf Tournament. I gotta go to the MLS meeting. And then all my daughters gotta get picked up from school and all, my, all you know what I mean? So they, they say they're unconsciously incompetent. They have no idea how hard this actually is. They're not humble. Make sense? So they're very unself-aware. That's unconscious incompetence. We got to we got to know that's if you're there, you know what I mean. That's we got to move out of that, right? We got to move out of that. So how do we move out? And I man, if I'm in charge, if I'm a leader, this is amazing leadership training for your agents, you know, for the people on your team, uh, for whoever you're trying to, even for your kids, you know, in parenting. And I'm gonna give this to you. You can download this on the right hand side. Um, when I'm done and you can see, then you're going to move into more of a knowledge base where you become consciously incompetent. Okay. That means you, you have knowledge that you don't know. So now you start to know what I don't know. I know what I don't know now. Okay. And that might happen because I go out on a country road somewhere with my eight year old and say, all right, buddy, here's the wheel. Have fun. Oh, wait a minute. It's harder to reach these pedals than I thought. Wait a minute. I can't see the mirror. And oh my gosh, it's harder to steer this thing than I thought. And the speed limit. I didn't know about that. And you know, all of a sudden he gets the knowledge to realize that he, you know, he becomes consciously incompetent. I now know I have that knowledge that I don't know enough. Okay. That's the very, that's the very essence of becoming coachable. Like, I don't know enough. Now I'm humble. I get it. I don't know enough. I need more knowledge. Okay? M most of you have gone past that. As evidenced by the fact you're watching and listening to me. Because you're trying to get knowledge, trying to learn, right? And that's why this becomes massive, like, when you're training people to put them in a coachable mindset. They got to see this. They got to realize this. And this, is, this isn't just true with a human. Like, the human doesn't evolve this way. They have to go through these five steps over and over again with each aspect, with time blocking, with, you know, prospecting, with, you know, converting buyer leads, converting seller leads, you know, building their sphere of influence, you name it. They have to go through these levels. They have to be humble. They have to be coachable. Like all of that's got to start happening for them to get to a level where 
they feel like they can master it, right? So then we move the next step, okay? Then we move into more of a wisdom type of place where we become consciously competent. We actually learn it now. Now I know. I've learned it. I've learned how to drive. My son, you know, maybe comes 14 or whatever, you get a driver's permit and you, you learn it. I mean, you're not good at it yet, but you learned how, like you got it. Maybe he's got his driver's permit, he's 14, 15, whenever you get that. And he's learned how to do it. I mean, he's probably horrible at it, but he can he can muster it. You know, in an emergency, he could drive somebody. Okay. So we've gained some wisdom now. We are consciously competent. We have it. He can't drive as good as us. And that's kind of an agent, you know, who maybe starts prospecting for the first time, who finally calls 10 people in their SOI to let them know they're in real estate and update their contact information. Is he good enough? Is he a pro prospector? No because he hasn't learned how to do it every single day and, and, and get past all the mindset junk and all the different excuses and blaming and things we could justify. But he's done it once, so he knows what it's like. Unfortunately, it's not very pleasant when you first start anything. That's the problem. A lot of people get stuck on number three because now they've learned it and they've tried it, right? And that's a big problem because for most things that are hard, that are really worthwhile, they're very uncomfortable and difficult until you become proficient at them. Okay? So think about golfing or surfing. Two things I've done and become reasonably proficient at them at different times in my life. If you just go out and golf for the very first time, it may be okay the first time because you've never done it. You're outside, it's pretty, there's ducks, there's blue skies, maybe have a sandwich after nine holes and, you know, maybe have, you know, alcoholic beverages, whatever you do, and it's pretty and the birds are singing and you're with your friends and it's a fun walk in the park, but you're horrible at it. You may not want to do it a second time because everybody's waiting on you and, it, you know, all the novelty's worn off and you shot 150 on 18 holes and it's just taking you forever. And, it's no fun watching everybody else hit the ball far. That's conscious competence. I know how to play golf, but I'm not really good at it yet. So it's not that fun because it's really, really hard. And you know that the only way to make it fun is to get proficient at it, which means you gotta do a lot of things that aren't fun, like go on the putting green and pay for lessons and practice on the driving range. Same thing's true with surfing. Just go buy a surfboard and go out in the waves and see how that feels. You're gonna get pummeled. It's not going to be fun until you're any good at it, which means you gotta go out there time and time again, maybe get a lesson or get someone to show you how, YouTube it, whatever, and go out there and get pummeled a bunch, get throttled, get your head banged up against the, the sand on the ground a few times, almost drown, get water up your nose and your ears and your eyes all over the place, spend some money on some stuff. And then finally you stand up and say, oh, this is awesome. I love this. Or finally, you hit that 300 yard drive down the middle of the fairway. And you're like, this is awesome. It's only then that conscious competence starts to become fun. Like my fun, my son's having no fun driving the car when he's struggling the whole time, looking over, checking his mirrors, doing all that kind of stuff. He's not having fun. When I, you know what I mean? Like, that's not fun driving. That's not what Smokey and the Bandit are doing. He's not like doing donuts and flying around and doing Jim Rockford burnouts and, you know, and, and just driving on autopilot and racing 105 miles per hour down the road. He's not doing any of that. He's stressed out 24 seven. He's looking over his shoulders. He's going right to left. You know, he's like trying to read signs and his dashboard and stressed out and shifting gears and all that kind of junk. 
Same with getting pummeled on the sand. Same with, you know, hitting the ball 50 times down the fairway because you don't know how to play golf. That's conscious competence. So then we got to start doing it over and over again, like I said, with, with, with going to the driving range, going out and getting pummeled in the waves till you get good at it, practicing your driving until you hit unconscious competence. Because a lot of those skills that you learned with your wisdom and conscious competence then become habitual. Then you start learning. Then you start to enjoy it. When you start time blocking every single day and you start making those daily contacts and all of a sudden you start getting some, oh yeah, we were thinking about listing. Will you come take a look at it? All of a sudden you get some success and it becomes fun. You don't have to like the results game. You just have to be willing to do it long enough. The uncomfortable activities that is. Sorry, you don't have to like the activities. You need to like the results. So you have to do the uncomfortable activities long enough till you start getting results. You do it that much, it becomes habitual and you can say, now I do it automatically without thinking. It's on autopilot. It may not be fun, but it's on autopilot. You're faster at it, you're more proficient at it, you're used to the failure, you're through a lot of the obstacles, through a lot of the frustrations, dealing with interruptions, dealing with this, dealing with that. You've got a system, at least you're doing it. And then once you start getting results is when you stand up on the ray wave or you hit the 300 yard drive or you um, finally, finally start driving that car and, and, and you're relaxed and you're enjoying driving a car and you get to let the wind down and they, it blows through your hair and you get to look around and look at the scenery a little bit and enjoy driving. That's what happens. Real estate is a very low conversion rate game. And you have to do things enough to get results. So you have to be willing to do activities long enough to move from conscious competence into unconscious competence. So you just do it automatically, you don't have to think. Unconsciously, I do it. I'm so competent at it that it's habitual. Then you'll start finally getting the results. That's desirable. Most people don't get to here. They don't do things long enough. They assess whether they like those uncomfortable activities right here, and they never get to here. And then the top, top successful people, they run teams, they lead others, they run brokerages. Very few broker owners are successful. They never grow anything. And that's because they never get to here because you got to get to here to be able to get the expertise necessary to really, truly get to mastery. Because you can have a lot of knowledge, but if you don't evidence that you've had the success for yourself, that shows you have to show them that you're doing the uncomfortable activities to get them to truly follow you. You, you master it when you can teach it to somebody else. And part of that is by example. Part of that is by example. So true mastery comes with expertise. It comes from getting unconsciously competent and people seeing you do it every day. What's funny is people will say, man, I don't want to grow a real estate brokerage. I don't want to grow a real estate team. I don't want to be on a team that's growing. How would that benefit me? But I'll tell you right now, game always respects game. If that, if that team leader, that rainmaker, that broker is out there recruiting, other people on the team see it and they're like, wow, that guy's focused on growth. That's just like, I should be prospecting. It happens. Trust me, I know I've done it. They respect that you're actually doing what you say. You can tell people to get your sphere of influence together and contact them systematically and hold client events and you know do annual reviews and all the things we always teach you to do. But if you don't do it, does that make sense to everybody? That's where mastery comes from. Mastery comes from making habitual, habitual 
unconscious competence through doing things automatically. And to have success in real estate, you've got to, it's a numbers game, guys. The best conversion rates are like 5%, which means you got to do something 100 times to get five things, five SOI appointments, five Zillow leads. You better, you better get 100 of them. So that's 95% of the time failure. 95% of the time failure. So it's a game of losing or it's a game of winning. I would say you only have to do things 95 times to get five things. Abundant mindset. Scarcity mindset is that doesn't work. I failed 95 times. Scarcity versus abundance. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Trainer Podcast, sponsored by Eisenhower Coaching and Consulting. For more information about real estate coaching or to watch Brian's training videos, check out therealestatetrainer.com or find us on social media. And remember, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you get the latest episodes as soon as they're available.